Hello and welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and today I'm joined with Alex Early, who's an author, pastor, and theologian. So stay tuned. Welcome back, everyone, to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and thank you for tuning in. Excited for this podcast episode today. So wherever you're tuning in, make sure to to be ready, be attentive, and and get excited because this is a good episode with Alex Early, who's an author, pastor, and theologian. This conversation is fun because we talk about being like a child and uh, thinking about the, the verse in Matthew 18 and having childlike faith, becoming like a child, uh, to humble ourselves, to seek for our mind to be renewed, to seek knowledge from above, to know God so that we can love God. If we don't know God, how can we love God and serve God and be in communion in relationship with him? So we look at some of the the questions that kids are asking and already thinking about, not just for adults, but for kids. So what is the, what is atonement? What is uh, the Trinity? What is, who is Jesus and Christ? What is heaven and hell and all of these big things that many of us are questioning, don't fully know and are always wrestling with. We, we know them on paper perhaps, but uh, continue to ask these questions and to make them true in our hearts. And so this conversation is great. Alex is uh, really digs into some big questions, uh, some key doctrines. Um, and as he encourages it all the way from elementary school up to fifth, sixth grade, and certainly beyond. As I was reading this, I said, wow, this is refreshing for me um, to, to read and to, to see and to understand not just the big story of God, but so much more. And so without further ado, here's my conversation with Alex. Alex, great to have you on the, the podcast uh, today. Excited to, to hear you all the way live from Seattle, Washington. And so welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yes. And so uh, the, theologian, as I think we'll be talking a little bit about today in your new book. And, uh, you know, when I think of a theologian, I think of um, somebody with a large bookshelf bookcase and uh, I'm looking at one right now, and so if that if that's any sign that you're a theologian, I think we're uh, we're in business. The dead giveaway. The giveaway. The giveaway. <laughs> a few other things give it away too, but sure. yeah, the books definitely are the kind of the staple. The staple. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, well, yeah. Well, excited to to dig in, and I think first, just for um, you know our audience to to get to know you a little bit more, and think will help impact the. Our conversation today. Just would love to hear about your faith formation or kind of faith backstory. Uh, yeah, coming to Christ when you were yeah in childhood, you know, adulthood. How that kind of the the, the overview of that your journey there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was born and raised in a Christian home uh, just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. So there was a it was a small farm town called Woodstock. Now it's like a big place and it's on the map and people know where mm-hmm. it is now, but. When I grew up there, it was like a little blinking traffic light, you know? Right. Um, and, but I grew up going to a very evangelistic Southern Baptist church. They were very much so down the middle on Jesus and the gospel week by week. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. When I was about seven, I got scared because I heard a, a sermon on hell. 
Mm. And so the next week I got baptized because uh, I mm. figured fire and water and, you know, sure. <laughs> that's, that's, all, that's about as deep as I was theologically at the time. Sure. Um, but then later, uh, when I really began to take my faith seriously and really actually I believe that I, that's what I converted in high school. Mm. I was about a month before I turned 16. Hmm. Uh, I had going down some some paths that were just pretty pretty rough, you know. Yeah. And was going to end up in some some bad places. Honestly, in life, that's I was true. making a lot of really really foolish decisions. And um, God, in His mercy, had reached out to me mm-hmm. uh, and changed my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to our church still. Uh, at the time, and I had a Sunday school teacher that was absolutely amazing, and he was funny. He took me and my friends to baseball games or to concerts or whatever, but he did this apologetic study. I didn't know that mm-hmm. it was called apologetics back then, but he asked us one day, a class of about 20 guys, hey, do you guys want to hear about other world religions in relation to Christianity and mm-hmm. see how they compare i guess or pan out or whatever and we were like yeah that actually sounds pretty cool and to be mm-hmm. in a southern baptist church well, i hadn't actually heard of islam not really you know what i mean right and so he uh um basically walked through here's the major philosophical and theological ideas kind of around the world and how they mm-hmm. what jesus you know so he did this comparison and that really sparked my mind and interest and it wasn't too much longer after that uh that i began to follow Mm -hmm. jesus Mm -hmm. and so jesus changed my life um he radically changed my Mm -hmm. life Mm -hmm. you know at the end of 10th grade and i knew within probably the first 90 days or Mm -hmm. so God was calling me into the ministry of some kind. I had no idea what that was going to look like. And it's taken a lot. It's taken forever to figure that out, Mm -hmm. honestly. What do I do? Like, I love skateboarding and punk rock. And, uh, you know, I don't don't know what mold I fit, you know, Mm -hmm. as far Mm -hmm. as traditional ministry goes. Or am I going to be a missionary or a teacher? I don't know. So it's taken just years to kind of figure that out. Mm -hmm. And over the years, through mentors and growing up, um, and just staying in the church, the the call to to serve as a pastor theologian really has taken shape over the last seven or eight years. Mm -hmm. And so, Mm -hmm. anyway, that's a little bit about how I met Jesus. Growing up in a Christian home, heard the gospel, and converted in high school. Yeah, and stuck with Jesus ever since. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, I love how one of the things I think of is like, how can you love God if you don't know who God is? And um, yeah. I was thinking about just reflecting on that with your journey and, you know, wrestling with yeah, apologetics, just trying to really understand who God is, how in in relationship to the other lowercase gods um, yeah. and where the distinctive distinctions of the gospel and the core doctrines of how they're not. Not everyone believes these. And I think sometimes we can not always understand that fully. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think a verse that came to mind, I know your, your most recent book, Thinking About God, is available. And 
uh, thinking about God really just sounds like that's what theology is. So you, we use the term theologian, and you've talked, you mentioned that as well. So can you just people hear that, and I think they think of this lofty term, but I I do think oh, how yeah. you you break it down, and that's kind of moving forward how you break down kind of the, the doctrines and uh, all that good stuff. So we'd love just to hear a little bit more about what is a theologian, what is theology. Yeah, that's actually how the the book actually started with that question. Right. Uh, back. 2020, um, you know, here in Seattle, we were in a pretty intense phase of shutdown. And so one night uh, around the dinner table, our son Jude just asked, he goes, Dad, what is a theologian? And I was like, you know, how do I say this? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I said, you know, it's somebody that thinks about God. Mm-hmm, Theos mm-hmm. means God. Ology is to, to study something, right? So it's yep. somebody who's studying and thinking about God. And as Christians, mm. a Christian theologian is somebody who is in relation to God. Mm-hmm. We have a relational God mm. as a Trinity, right? And we've come into relationship with him. And mm. as we, I started to explain how we have a relationship with God. And so anyway, that's, that's kind of how it began. But yeah, mm-hmm. the word... The word theologian or theology can be such a scary word or an intimidating word, rather. It's just like, I don't know, man. Uh, I probably need to know Greek and Hebrew and 10,000 other things. And even then, my my hope and aim in this book is to start welcoming uh, both children, obviously. It's written for elementary school kids, but parents, too to the world of theology and go look you belong here i know it's crazy to think like who am i to be a theologian well i'll tell you who you are you're somebody who's made in the image of god Mm -hmm. and if you know jesus through the holy spirit you've been called to love god with Mm -hmm. all of your mind which invites you into the amazing Mm -hmm. adventuresome world of theology right and so my hope is to continually extend the invitation whether it's to children or adults to invite people into thinking deeply and soundly about who god is and allow our thoughts to inform our beliefs and our behaviors and so i hope people feel welcome in the world of theology and theological reflection Mm -hmm. rather than intimidated or scary or like oh gosh i'm I might get it wrong. It's like, well, we probably, we're probably going to get some things wrong. Yeah. It's, yeah. So anyway, that's a little bit about theology. No, no, no. It's good. Yeah. It's simply, it's the study of God. And so <laughs> I think it's, yeah. it's great. The verse that came to mind, it was pulled up here is Matthew 18, two to four. And I love how you talk about, you know, the book is written for children, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But I think even as I'm reading this, and I'd certainly know as others reading this, wherever you're kind of, you are parents, as you mentioned, are going to value from this. And the verse where it says here, calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, truly, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And so I love that posture of, uh, of humility of, look, we don't know everything. And so let's seek knowledge. Right. And it's, uh, just like a child is curious, just like your son Jude was curious to learn more. And mm-hmm. so 
Yeah, so you kind of the way you break it down, you look at, I think, is it 10 core doctrines? And you look at some questions, God, yeah. Trinity, Christology, all this, all the good stuff, atonement, all that good stuff. Can you, yeah. um, can you talk just uh, maybe to preface, what are some of the, the, when you were having this conversation with Jude and maybe you've done, thought of other folks too, what are some of the questions that were initially asked, right? And how did this, what are some of the, does it really vary or is there some like key ones that are like, wow, you know, we should unpack that a little bit. Yeah. Um, well, it's funny because they're the questions that we as adults also right. ask in church. If you hear your pastor say something and you kind of go, Hmm. Like, who made God? Right. Like, I'm still asking that one. <laughs> you know, like that's a right. question that kids ask. Like, who made God? Like, I ask that, and then you start digging into. There's a doctrine called the doctrine of aseity, which is an old Latin word <laughs> meaning God proceeds from Himself. Hmm. Uh, God, like nobody made God. God was a maiden a factory he doesn't have parents he doesn't have an expiration date he doesn't have mm. a birth date you know like oh well i've kind of wondered that myself as an adult like how do i talk about that is there language for that because parents tend to know how to say if you know um well nobody made god sweetie like god's just always existed that's kind of how we tend to say that to our kids and but then to be able to put that in to a little bit deeper language and go mm. to give the parents something as they're reading go oh gosh there's a word for that i've never even heard that word that mm-hmm. okay cool i didn't know that was a thing or, yeah. or so rather than just having one sentence there's like maybe a paragraph or two in this book about yeah. it so so one is uh yeah who made god or does jesus like kids or what are we gonna do in heaven and Mm-hmm. You know, why does God let the devil exist? Things like that. That yeah. These are not just questions that kids ask. These are right. questions that, like, when we're honest, we're like, you know what? I've got some questions, too. Mm-hmm. Why does God let the devil exist? Why do bad things happen? Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't just, like, outgrow that question. Right. You know? Right. So, yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. So the hope in this book is to grab some of those questions, stretch those out, tease those out just enough um, without going over the edge into basically no man's land of like, okay, now we're into the endless (laughs) vast sea of footnotes and staring off, you know? Right, right. So the idea is to give a a good, robust introduction to you. Right, right. We're not asking them to do a comparative analysis of the different models of atonement. Right. No, 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 no. 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 Hopefully, hopefully, yeah, hopefully not. Right. And that, day, we hope they would do that. Like, that, right, that, right. that's awesome. Let's do that. Right. But right now, let's just get the word atonement down. What's that yeah. mean? Oh, I mean? To cover something. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why do I need to be covered? Covered from what? You know, how am I covered? You yeah. know, like, and so let's start there. And then later, yeah. Yeah. get into the kaleidoscope of the atonement theories. Yeah, yeah. What so the like one of the words right is uh, propitiation and it's like a hard word to say. And now you mentioned that and it's like do you do, how have the kids wrestled with some of these big words? Like does it inspire curiosity or does it say no, I don't want to learn that. It's too smart or it's too I don't know. It sounds like an interesting word for me, but curious to see how people yeah. respond. 
Yeah, so far the kids are going like what I've seen so far is yeah. like, oh, okay, there's a that's a giant word, like yeah, and the thing is is it's gonna be a big word when you're 25, and it's a big word when you're seven years old also. Like mm-hmm. it's always gonna be a big word. Sure. Um, and you're hmm. actually smart enough to grasp it right now. You can get this. You don't have to wait till you're 25 years old uh, at some systematic theology class somewhere. And finally, yeah. someone tells you what that word means if they ever get around to it. You know, it's like yeah. we can actually do that now. Like, yeah. You're more than capable of comprehending this. It it just is a big word. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So I, I love the, I think always like in teaching, in anything right and informing and helping someone grow and maturity like that that's always the task is how do i connect well with this person and make it translatable so they can understand it and then grasp it right how do i use the right language use the right i don't know metaphors and things so that they can it can be accessible and that they can come to greater understanding of these kind of core doctrines and core you know thoughts what has been um what have been some of the challenges, right, for children in grasping this? And I, as I'm thinking about it too, it's like if the parents don't understand it, it must be harder for the children to understand it. And so right. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think one thing that I'm so excited about for like parents or aunts or uncles or grandparents or Sunday school teachers in this is to read alongside with their children or nieces, nephews, right? But to sit with the kid, read it too, it's written in a way that it's very much so accessible to adults and children. Um, That it's not going to, it might, it'll challenge the kid for sure, but it's not going to go over their heads to the degree of going, I have no idea what I just read. Um, I have no idea what any of this means. Rather, it, because it's structured with a Q&A, um, it lends itself to being conversational. And so, um, mm. like, each each um, each chapter ends with some kind of reflection questions, mm-hmm. some, like, practical questions about, like, right. if we're talking about, I don't know, forgiveness. Sure. Okay, God's forgiveness looks like this. Mm-hmm. How can you practice that? Can you forget? When was the last time you had to forgive your sister? When was the last mm-hmm. time you had to, you know, or are you struggling to forgive somebody? You know, and so it takes it quickly out of the clouds and puts it on the ground. Right. And like, oh, here's how I apply this. Here's how I can sure. do this. Here's something I can think through practically in my yeah. actual life. So yeah. while we're opening up big ideas, we're also packaging them and putting them on the ground in ways that, the kids can actually start doing some of this mm-hmm. stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Let, I, so Is I guess, yeah, yeah. So like take an example, we've mentioned atonement, right? The covering you mentioned, it's, uh, how would you explain that to children? How would you maybe encourage parents to explain that to their children, right? If we all can yeah. study theology and doesn't mm-hmm. need it, we don't need to send them though. We do hope that they learn in Sunday school or on Sunday. How do they, how can we equip them for the life at home when they're, reading a book or reflecting on these things. Uh, yeah. So like take the idea of atonement mm. uh, means like we said a moment ago, uh, it comes from the word Kapoor to, to cover. Mm-hmm. And so, um, the idea of it is rooted in the, the story of the Passover, 
So hmm. we tell the story of the Passover, and it's in the book as well, and the scripture references are there. But in the Passover, the big idea is that the people of God were kept in captivity in, mm-hmm. in Egypt, mm-hmm. and God came and began to judge the nation of Egypt right through Moses, saying, let my people go. And then by the time we get through the ten plagues, you get to the last plague, it's going to be the death of the firstborn. And how are the Israelites going to, and how are the people going to go free? Well, all right, an innocent lamb is going to be sacrificed. Hmm. That lamb's blood is going to be painted over the doorframe of the home. And when the destroyer moves through he's going to pass over the house because hmm. he sees the blood of the lamb okay well when hmm. jesus comes on the scene he's described as the lamb of god who takes away the sins of the world and when he dies paul later says christ is our passover lamb which means when jesus died the judgment that we deserved for our sin passes over us and so we hmm. do not get what we deserve rather Mm -hmm. we get grace and pardon you Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. and so like with the the kids Hmm. you know like the reflection questions at the at the end after that gets explained the reflection questions you know uh have to do with sacrifice Hmm. right the hebrews had to sacrifice a lamb and so Jesus sacrificed himself. So the practical questions there are, you know, can you think of ways uh, which you or your family makes sacrifices every day? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, do your parents give up their time or money to help people who are in need? You know, or mm-hmm. maybe you've spent your free time helping a grandparent. You know, mm-hmm. how does understanding Jesus' sacrifice encourage you to put somebody else first? You know, those kinds of like, mm-hmm. okay. So it's getting to the idea of sacrifice, that God gave up something of infinite value to bring us in. And hmm. so, yes, to right. start thinking right. out the idea, what does it mean to sacrifice? What does it mean to give up something? Oh, because in the, so, I, right. So the Israelites, because of their disobedience and they didn't follow God, they ran away in order to make themselves right with God, they had to sacrif- make a sacrifice. And so mm-hmm. they would present a sacrifice, and you said that would happen during Passover. How, how yep. can you? Okay, and then, yep. um, and then now Jesus is the perfect sacrifice because you he's it. yeah because he would be yeah. the, he would fall into the sacrificial system of the Old Testament, but then as he is perfect and is God, he he can he covers everything. Right, he's the okay. last lamb. He's the final one. Yes, that's right. He's the one that would be sacrificed, and his sacrifice would be sufficient for all sin, you know, and for us forever. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, Yeah, well, I think I touched on a little bit, but what do you, just in thinking through, like, are there particular, I love the the 10 doctrines. I think it's very simple. I think those are the majors we need to focus on. What, um... (laughs) What are, do you think are some of the ones that maybe require additional attention, maybe that haven't been uh, focused on for a lot of kids and youth, or maybe they've kind of been passed over, so to speak? <laughs> um, you know, it's... I, I understand the approach that happens with a traditional kind of kid's Bible or, or kid's curriculum, you know? Yeah. Like you get Adam and Eve in the garden, and there's the snake, and then... Um, 
there's the flood. Okay, I remember that story. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, after Genesis 6, we don't really need the rest of Genesis. So um, you might say something about Abraham, maybe. And then get on over to, like, Moses and, right? And, like, right. we hit the the really big, big players. Big stories, King, right, right, right. You know, Jesus and Peter and yeah. Paul. You know, so while while that is super helpful for especially younger kids starting out to understand that the Bible has a big story and God is reaching into the world. That's, mm-hmm. that is a, that, that's the right way to start. Right. You start with the big story right. and don't get lost in the weeds. Um, this book is written to go, okay, you're familiar enough with the big story. Hmm. Let's press into, let's press in a little more. Let's start yeah. asking some questions, not just, what did God do? But let's start asking the how and the why. Hmm. What does that mean? Yeah. You know, how does this relate to that? You know, right. How does the cross of Jesus relate to the Trinity? You know, things like that. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, these are Jesus. Wasn't just a good guy dying on a cross. Jesus was the God man. Hmm. Oh, well that's different. He's not just a good guy. Hmm. You're an example. He's, he's God. Mm. in the flesh you know and so showing like oh wow so it drives like our worship and wonder and gratitude to Mm. jesus right it drives all that up Mm. and so a whole lot of what this book is trying to do is just push beyond yes we do the story the big story Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. the bible is in there for sure but it's also taking the opportunity to drill down and key right. doctrines throughout. And right? so, right. So like at what age do you, do you think is a good time to step in? I think, I know your son is 12 and right. Mm-hmm. You, I think you mentioned that age seven earlier. What, what is like, yeah. when is an appropriate time to be like, yeah, like I think my kids can read this book, yeah. right. Or be part of this or we can even read it together. Right. You know, I'm, we're really, you know, the publishers say, you know, we, I'm, so graced and just excited to work with uh, B&H kids. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just a great publishing house. Um, and as we batted all of this around, it really came out to uh, anywhere in elementary school. I mean, it's a first to fifth, sixth grade kind of book. It can cover all of these ranges because hmm. it's written in a way that's accessible, but your fifth grader is not going to sit there and read and be like, this is like too small for me, dad. Like this is for, this is for kindergartners. You know what I mean? So, right. Um, it really is written in such a broad enough way that it can engage both, Good. Uh, yeah. which was very hard to do. <laughs> yeah. No, I believe. And yeah, I was going to ask, what was the challenge in writing this book? You know, what were challenges in the process for you? Yeah. You know, it it's almost as hard as like writing a dissertation, you know, in the sense of and maybe it's harder in some ways, you know. Um, I have the, the highest respect for educators now, you know, especially people that are teaching younger children mm-hmm. to take big ideas, make them very accessible and interesting, mm-hmm. and keep a kid paying attention and... Oh my gosh. Yeah. So anyway, it was way harder uh, to take the ideas and distill them down and right. speak in right. accessible language. So the whole project was a yeah. giant challenge. Um, 
but it yeah. was also real. It was really good for me. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> to really think this through and go, if I can't get this through to an eight-year-old, do I know it well enough? You know what I mean? No, it's true. So, yep. Yeah. 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 They say you know sometimes even like doing a sermon can be easier because you have a longer time to be able to say something than like even doing like a you know five or ten minute devotional where you're trying oh, to yeah you know communicate something and like wow i only have five ten minutes how do i communicate this efficiently <laughs> concisely and i feel like it's a similar type of notion here it's like i think the book is what 70 or 80 pages something along or it's under 100 pages yeah yeah i mean it, yeah basically yeah it's like right at 100 yeah and, uh yeah it's 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 not a long book yeah you know yeah um, and there's a glossary in the back you know with i like, like that too yep. To know, yep you know like ascension attributes of god baptism yep. sacraments pentecost like what is all that stuff like yeah great there's like one sentence little definitions that yeah it's good excess yep love it well well alex just now it's been a joy having you on anything you'd like to kind of leave listeners with or just where we can find you and all that good stuff too yeah yeah i would really encourage parents and uh teachers and whoever's reading alongside their children or students you know um i'd encourage the adults that are reading to really lean in and not just get the data and the content across but to make sure that like be present enough to the child that's listening that you you're cultivating that relationship with hmm. them and feel free to go you know if you get to that part on forgiveness and you're talking to the child about forgiveness feel free to share your own stories and go mm. you know one time when i was your age i had to forgive somebody too in fact mm. i had to forgive somebody at work the other day and it was very hard for me to do mm. but share some of your story like take these these are opportunities to really not just to get theological data, but to share your heart and connect with a child. So that's that's one thing I'd leave. And then mm-hmm. the next is just mm. go to the website, thinking about book, got, thinking about book, thinking about godbook.com. Uh, all the information's there, or my mm-hmm. website's paearly.com. And, awesome. Um, you can catch up with me there. Good stuff. Thank yeah. you, Alex. And uh, the book's available. By the time this podcast will be released, it'll certainly be available. And so uh, thank you. And yeah, it was great to have you on. Awesome. Thanks for having me today. Thanks.